Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Hello. There are actually a lot of new people here, I think. Um, If there aren't, I'm sorry, because I've forgotten you already. My name is Christian McCartney. I've been here since forever ago. And I was at Thrive probably two iterations ago when Bruce was still leading it. I think Adam Spizak and I were the only, okay, Trent was there, I think he says. Um, We are gonna be in Psalm 124. The sermon series we're doing is called How to Cope. Um, We used to do the milk crates, then Mike got scared, so we used a ladder instead, and I thought, I'm not going to go up to his and then back down to mine, so that's dumb. For those of you who don't know or are new here, the Psalm of Ascent is what would happen when the Jews would go up to the Temple Mount, and they would walk up the stairs, and uh, they would say each one of these Psalms, they'd have them memorized, and they'd go up the stairs, and uh, every time they would memorize the whole thing. And uh, something, I don't know if you guys were here last week, but I felt like Mike, I could not get that out of my head. And I told a friend, I said, you know, I was so good. And he, told me, he said, what's it about? And I said, you know, and I was telling him. And he said, Christian, it's about your three favorite things, sleeping, Ecclesiastes, and vanity. Of course you'd love it. So I was like, okay, typical. <clears throat> but anyway, we're going to be in Psalm 124. And uh, if you want to pull that up on the screen, we'll read that. If it had not been the Lord who is on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who is on our side, When people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us his prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so uh, I don't have that puppy memorized, but apparently they had all of them memorized, and they would walk up the stairs, and what is it, the fifth stair, the sixth stair, they'd be up there, and they'd, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, the fifth stair, they'd be up there, and they'd memorize the whole thing. Um, I'll be honest with you, I looked at this passion, and was like, yeah, okay, I'll teach it, you know, whatever. And uh, as I was preparing it, it was ruining me this week. So if I can get you crying tonight, then that's the goal. Um, the first thing I think that we should notice, you go to the next slide, is that Israel was hurt, hurting in four ways. And I'm gonna talk about what these mean, and if you have your Bibles, you can look at where I'm getting from. I'm not just pulling these out. Okay, they would have been swallowed alive. It says here, if the Lord had not been on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive, right? Okay. If the Lord wasn't on their team, they would have been drowned. It says, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us, and over us would have gone the raging waters. They would have been devoured. It says, blessed be the Lord who has not given us his prey to their teeth. And then finally, they would have been trapped. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, we have escaped. Um, These are four different types of attacks, I think, that happen in our lives. Um, And at first I was reading this and I was like, yeah, I hate when I'm being a bird, you know, and I get like trapped by a fowler snare, you know, I hate that. Uh, so I was like, you know, this really sucks. And then I'm going through it, going through it, going through it. And I could not get this out of my head. So if you go to the next one, we're going to just do it slide by slide. We're going to do it exact thing by exact thing. They would have been swallowed alive. Now, this is clearly a figurative thing. You know, we're not talking about Jonah and the whale action, you know. Could you imagine you're just walking around and all of a sudden, like, boom, they're gone. Like, that was, I was like, 
swallowed alive, you know, what's that mean? You know, there's a time in the Old Testament and the ground opened up and everyone swallowed alive. No, it can't be that. Thinking like, what does that mean? And uh, I was thinking like, if you were swallowed alive, you would be gone, right? You would disappear. Nobody would remember your name. I mean, if they didn't see it, they'd be like, yeah, where'd he go? Yeah, I don't know, man. And like, he's gone. And I thought like, maybe some of us here tonight feel like that, you know? Maybe some of us here tonight feel like that we've been swallowed alive. And I was thinking, you know, in my life, I remember I went to Kent State for one semester for music ed. Oh, come on. Can't read, can't write. And uh, I left that buddy, and I went, and I was going to another college. And uh, I was a freshman in this other college, and all my friends were gone. I was friends with the same people, like three or four people, up until high school. I go to one semester at Kent, I come back, and all my friends are gone. Same church, same Maranatha, same pastors, same McDonald's where I used to work. Yeah, that's pretty classy. Same McDonald's, same Starbucks, same whatever, you know. The hallways are the same, but I was invisible, right? I had all these friends. I had all these people who cared about me. I had all these, you know, friends who were by my side, arm in arm. And then I leave to Kent for one semester, and I come back, and I feel like everybody's gone. And because they were gone. I was like, how many of us tonight feel like we're invisible, you know, in a relationship, you just feel like you're so, maybe it's a relationship, or maybe it's a job, or maybe you feel like you're at a new school, or a new church, or in a new university, or whatever, and you feel like nobody is, even cares about you. You had friends, maybe, you had people cared about you, you were in a relationship, you had a good job, and then all of a sudden, that's all gone, right? Maybe that's where you're at tonight. You come in tonight, and you said, dang, maybe I feel a little bit like I'm invisible, because Israel did. They said, if the Lord hadn't been up on our side, they would have rose up against us and we would have been gone, right? Maybe you feel like you're drowned or you're overwhelmed. That's the next one. Israel says here, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Maybe you've reached your junior year, you know, and you started clinicals. Apparently, is that clinicals the right word when nursing students do their little nursing thing, clinicals? Yeah, I knew that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, they're doing their clinicals, you know, or uh, my friend did a student teaching, and, you know, apparently there's no worse thing in the world than working with elementary schoolers. They're like, oh, I'm doing my student teaching. Like, isn't that what you're going to be, you know? Like, it's okay. But, you know, I, I guess I understand. There's so many hours you have to do, and you're overwhelmed, and you're drowned, and you feel like, oh, gosh, I just have to keep working, 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 working. Um, when, I, when I, probably two years ago, I worked at a job called Wayne Dalton. It was a garage door company, okay? And uh, so you look at me, and you're like, he's a physical laborer, because that's exactly what I did. And uh, <clears throat> we would lift these garage doors, metal 16-foot panels, you know, lift them in trucks. And you would wake up at 4.30, you would get ready, you'd leave my house at 5, you would go to Wayne Dalton at 6 a.m. in the morning, and then you would work until you were done, which at the very earliest was 6 p.m. that day, and I was there till 10 o'clock at night most of the time, okay? So I was overwhelmed. It was 80 hours a week. I was pulling like $900 a week, which I was thinking, I was like, that's like $60,000 a year. You know, like I was making money. And so I would be doing all this stuff, and I was busy, and I was working, and I was working, and I was working, and I was 80 hours in, and I felt overwhelmed. And maybe you come in tonight, and you feel like overwhelmed. You feel stressed. You feel busy. You feel like there's not an end in sight. I'm just working, working. Got to get this calling. Got to grind. And there's no point for it, right? It's not like you're actually working for one point or the other, but that's how you feel tonight. You feel like you're just grinding and slogging away. Um, or the next one, maybe you feel like something or someone in your life is trying to devour you. And this one was hard. And this is a sad story, so I'm going to tell it anyway. It says here, blessed be the Lord who's not given us his prey to their teeth. 
I was thinking about that, like, how am I going to illustrate prey to their teeth, you know? Because what I thought of is like a little bird and like the claws of like a jaguar and the, you know, that little face it gives before it dies. You know, that's what I was thinking of. I was, well, come on. That's what I was thinking of. Anyway, <clears throat> and so I was like, I guess I'm going to use that as an illustration. And I was driving, this is a sad story, I was driving two days ago. And um, I was pulling out onto a busy road. You know how stressful that is. It's dark. I don't have my brights on, and I'm trying to set the music. That doesn't mean I was texting and driving, but I'm trying to set the music as I'm driving. And all of a sudden, I drive, and I crest over the hill, and there's a raccoon in the middle of the road. And he looks at me like this. (laughs) And I looked at him like this. Because uh, two milliseconds later, you hear boom, boom. And that guy was dead. He was dead. I've never run over anything in my life. I haven't been pulled over by a cop. I haven't gotten a speeding ticket. And that raccoon, buddy, he was not that lucky because I shreked him. And I thought, and it was so funny because I thought I would never know what an illustration to use for prey in their teeth. But that look of fright, that look of absolute dread as that raccoon's just minding his own business, eating something in the road. And he looked, and his mouth was open. He was like, and I felt so bad killing this guy. And I thought, you know, maybe you feel like you are that raccoon under Christian McCartney's reckless driving, and I'm coming for you, but it's not me, you know? Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a boss that you hate. You know, I've had a couple of those, and you're always looking around you. You know, you're always watching your back, because if they're there, we have um, a little saying where I work at the Heartful Hardware, where three are gathered together, then Wayne Miller is, and Wayne Miller's the boss. And so it's, if you have three people standing around, the fourth is going to be Wayne Miller, and he's going to get you for standing around. And maybe, now I love Wayne Miller, but maybe you're one of those people, you have a boss like that, and you don't like him, and you're like, I can't even rest, because I know the moment I take a breather, he's going to catch me. You know, maybe you're in a schoolwork, and you have a professor who's an idiot, you know, one of those people like, we want to Zoom at 10 o'clock, and you can't do it remote, and you have to be right there, and, you know, or if you're taking a test, I want the camera on, you know, one of those, and you're so frustrated. You feel like you're, you can't ever rest because you feel like you're about to be devoured all the time. Um, maybe you feel relationally like, you know um, that TikTok where it's like, bro, why are you be smiling like that? You know that TikTok? Like, you know, and they're walking around. And maybe you feel like you are at the whim of somebody else texting you back or talking about you or showing interest. Maybe your heart is so into their hands that if they text you, you feel great. If they don't text you, you feel like your life's ended. Okay, we've all been there. So any of you who say you're not, you're lying. Like, you know, they don't text you in 20 minutes. You're like, wow, that's fine. No, I'm okay. <laughs> that's my type of coping mechanism for this. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, no problem. I uh, wake up, you know, 2 a.m., play p.m. I'm like, no, no, no I'm not any, no problem. And, uh, but maybe that's you. Maybe you feel like you are so relationally dependent on somebody else. Maybe you feel like your heart is just right there in their hands and you don't know what to do because you're this close to being devoured every time they say or do something. They do something real small, they do something real big, and you're like, oh, you know, dang, that means something big to me. I remember I had a friend, and we were so, so, so close, and all of a sudden our friendship ended. You know, and I thought to myself, this sucks. You know, our friendship ends, this is so dumb, and, you know, I was the lowest I felt like I'd ever been spiritually. I thought, you know, like, I just can't believe that this is happening because there was so much relational energy invested. Maybe you've been in a relationship like that where you put, you know, it's never just a girlfriend or a boyfriend, right? It's your identity. It's your future. It's your purpose. It's your life. It's what you planned for going to happen. 
And maybe you feel like you are just this close all the time from being devoured by somebody else's self-approval of you or their desire or how they look at you. Maybe that's you. Or maybe the final one is you feel trapped. Nice. And uh, this one's sad because if I would have written the psalm, okay, read this, go to verse seven. This is the Christian translation. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. We were almost in the snare, but we weren't. I love that one. Isn't that a lot better? Okay, another Christian translation. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. We were flying around, we saw the trap, and we were too smart for that, and we flew away. But that's not what it says, okay? We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. And I was thinking about that. For those of you that don't know, which is everyone, because I didn't know until I read it like on Wikipedia, a snare is something, it's like a little basket, and there's a little, little stick that's over this basket, and there's little crumbs underneath. And the bird would go, and it would knock things around, and the basket would fall down, which is like what a snare was, just a bird trap. How many of you are bird trappers in here? Don't raise your hand. You're lying. You're lying. And so, like, but what it was is, what, what is the bird doing wrong to be trapped? Come on, self-participation here. Nothing, Okay. Is the bird a bad bird because he's eating bread on the ground? Absolutely. Absolutely not. And all of a sudden, bam, that buddy is crushed under the snare of the fowler. And it's not his fault, but he's crushed under there. Um, there's another part in the Psalms where it says, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. And this psalmist felt trapped. He was like, if I just could fly away from my situation. Anybody ever thought, like, I wish I could just fly away? That's where this psalmist was. If I could just fly away, I would be at rest. All you want to do is escape. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go down, so I'm just going to try it because I'm teaching. If it doesn't work, we're not going to ever do it again. But I'm going to recite a poem because I think it's perfect for this right now. So pull that puppy up there. Deal. This is called Caged Bird. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. Okay, that's the free bird. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. Maybe you feel like that, trapped in a cage. If you were a bird, your wings would be clipped. We have chickens, and what that happens, they have feathers here that they fly with, and you and they can't fly anymore because they fly out of the cage or whatever. So you clip the wings of the chicken. He doesn't care, but he can't fly anymore. In this poem, his feet are tied, so he, he just, all he can do is sing. The next stanza goes, the caged bird sings with a fearful trill. He's afraid of things unknown but longed for still. His tune is, dirt, is heard on the distant hill for the caged bird sings of freedom. Then the next one goes, the free bird thinks of another breeze. We're back to the free one. The trade winds soft through the sighing trees and fat worms waiting on a dawn bright lawn and he names the sky zone. He can do whatever he wants. He wants to fly, he wants to eat birds, he wants to eat worms, whatever. And that, not birds, sorry. And that, but a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied so he opens his throat to sing. And the next stanza is, the caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still. And his tune is heard on a distant hill for the caged bird sings of freedom. And maybe that does not relate to you at all. And you're like, wow, English class. But for me, I just am like, there's been so many times where I just feel like all I can do is wish. You know, and maybe that's where you feel tonight is you feel trapped. You feel like if that snare, you're there. And you want to escape from whatever it is, but you can't. 
You don't know where you're going. You don't know where your life is heading. You feel like you're trapped. I remember when I was going to Kent State, I was in music ed, and um, I was having a good time. And Miles Spears' mom, thanks a lot, Miles, your dumb mom came up to me, and she said, <laughs> she came up to me, and she said, are you enjoying Kent? I said, yeah. She's like, so that's what you want to do then, is be a music teacher? And I, you know, I'd never thought of that. Gone to school for a semester, never thought about that. And I was just like, hmm, no, I don't want to be a music teacher. And so I started talking about that. I was like going back in like five days, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And so we're kind of talking, and I was like, something needs to change. But here's the thing. My mom works at Kent, okay? I got free tuition to go there, right? What's that called? Privilege, okay? I was privileged. Kent State said to me, we will offer you 130 degrees to choose from. And you know what Christian said? No, I don't want to do any of those. And so I didn't know what to do. I felt trapped. I felt like there was, I couldn't do this for the rest of my life. It was fun, but it wasn't purposeful. There was something I had to do, and I didn't know what. I felt trapped. Hopefully this sermon or this message has been depressing so far, because that's what I wanted to do. You're trapped, you're caged, you're depressed, you're devoured, you know, nothing's coming from you. But notice the caveat here. If it had not been the Lord who is on our side, okay? Some audience response. Listen, if the Lord was not on your side, your life would have no purpose or point whatsoever, right? If the Lord's not there, what is your life about, right? If the Lord's not there, my time at Wayne Dalton is meaningless. My time at Kent's meaningless. My relationships with my friends are meaningless. Everything I do is meaningless. And the furthest place I go is six feet in the ground, right? And that's fine, I guess, but that's life without God. But notice the psalm, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. And he's like, I don't think they get it. So he says, let Israel now say, he's like, run it back. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side. And he says, you have to say it again because we forget all the time that God is not there. And we say to ourselves, you know, God's not there. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care for me. You know, maybe you feel alone tonight. Maybe you feel invisible. Maybe you feel like you did when, you know, when I was away, when I was, when I left Kent, was alone, all my friends are gone, I'm sitting here, same world, same universe, and I feel so and utterly alone. But don't you know, at that time, God caused a certain Nick Wright, if any of you guys know him, if somebody had told me, and they did, Nick Wright got saved, I would have looked at them and laughed. Because I thought, you know, this was in my Pharisee days, but I was like, yeah, Nick Wright probably, you know, just won't get saved. Because I was like, no way. But God brought this kid at the exact moment that I thought I didn't have any friends, the exact moment that I felt I was alone, God brought Nick Wright into my life. At the moment that I felt like I was alone and I was trapped, what did I forget? That God was on my side, right? He brought Nick Wright into my life, and we had a friendship that was like this, and still do. He's going to help me frame out the bottom of my, our basement. It's like, but I would never have had that relationship had I been in this, you know, normal, beautiful climate. I had to go through this type of suffering, this type of hurt, this type of like, I feel all alone. I feel invisible. The earth swallowed me up. And then God brought Nick Wright in my, in my team. I had forgotten that Christ cared about me, but God provided me with a friend. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe you feel like I did when I was at Wayne Dalton. You know, 80 hours a week rushing it. Maybe you're at school and you're like, I've never even worked in my life on schoolwork and now I'm actually having to try. Maybe you're at a job and, you know, it's a nightmare. It's like everybody's hiring, but everywhere you go, it's like they're all 
It's like, can I go and work anywhere I want and you're talking to me like that? I'm like, it just blows my mind. It's like, you're so busy. Maybe that's where you're at tonight. You feel like all you're doing is working, 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 and maybe you can't see a point of it. You're just grinding. You're just grinding. You're waking up at 4.30 and going to 6. And, you know, when I was at Wayne Dalton working those 80 hours a week, I remember going and driving. It was an hour-long car ride, so God and I had a lot of intense conversations. And I would drive, and I'd just be like, I can't believe you're doing this. I don't even want to work here, and this job sucked. But, you know, there were a lot of Hispanic people down there at Wayne Dalton, and I speak Spanish, so I'd start talking to them in Spanish. And in that December, God caused a certain Javier Leva to come into my life and say, hey, do you want to be an interpreter in Mexico? And would I have gotten that if I hadn't been at Wayne Dalton? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I would have been okay somewhere else. But I was at Wayne Dalton, and it was sucking, and I thought, God doesn't care about me, but what did I forget? That the Lord was on my side. That the Lord cared for me. You know, Nathan's saying today, Romans 8, 28, which I'm going to talk about later, God works all things together for your good, for his glory, to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I'd forgotten that God loved me, forgot there was a God who cared about me, and so I feel like I'm just grinding this job and nobody cares about me, and yet it was that, speaking Spanish with those guys there, practicing perfectly for the time that I was able to go to Mexico and be an interpreter. Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel like you're one step away from being devoured. Maybe you feel the weight of relational dependence. You're with a boyfriend, you're with a girlfriend, you're with a friend, you're with somebody, and it's just like, oh my gosh. You, know, you just want to escape. Or maybe you feel like you're that one where it's like, you're just looking at your phone, you know, you're so excited because they might text you tonight, you know, and you're just like so excited. But maybe you feel that relational dependence. You feel like you're one step away from being devoured. Um, maybe it's a boss that you hate. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's whatever. Um, and I remember this friend that I had this horrible, horrible, you know, we were, no, we were done being friends. Nine months later, Butch gives a sermon series on, it's always your turn to apologize to somebody. And I texted, and I was like, listen, I'm so sorry, it was my fault. He texted, yeah, I'm so sorry, you know, it's my fault too. And you know, our friendship, we became friends again, and our friendship is closer now than it was then, Right? Now, when Christian McCartney is in this time when he's thinking, oh, nobody likes me, nobody cares about me, I don't have any friends, I don't have any future, whatever, what did he forget? God was on his side. Amen. Come on. God was on his side. I'd forgotten that God was on my side. And, you know, it's so stupid because I was talking with a friend last night being like, you know, I just don't understand why I'm struggling and why God hates me and all this. And I, I, it's so easy to forget that God loves you and that God's on your side. You know, maybe you feel trapped. Maybe that bird poem really resonated with you. That's what I'm hoping. It probably didn't, but maybe it did. Um, but maybe you feel trapped. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in a dead-end job. Maybe you feel like you're doing something that you hate. Maybe you feel like you're in a relationship that you want to break out of, but you don't know if you should. You know? Maybe you feel trapped at your parents or trapped with whatever it is. I don't know, but maybe you feel trapped. Maybe you feel like I did when I went to Kent, you know, trapped. You know, you probably didn't because you didn't have free tuition. But imagine you did. <laughs> And your free tuition, you know, you're going to Kent. Maybe you feel trapped, right? That God caused a certain Mike Duma who came up to me, and there was, a, there was a college program that had started that semester, right? Not the one that I quit, but the one that I was about to quit. And he said, you know, maybe you should start this. And I now have my degree from that place that we had a chance lunch meeting. I remember Mike looked at me, and his typical encouraging self said, I'm afraid we're gonna be having this conversation four years later where you're stuck with a degree you hate. Like, thanks, you know? 
But we had that conversation. I quit school, and I, I felt trapped. I felt like I didn't know what to do. I felt like God doesn't care about me, because if he did, it would be written in the stars. But what did I forget? God is on my side, and God is on your side tonight. I don't know who you are. I probably, I do care who you are. Okay. I don't know who you are, and I care who you are. Maybe you don't know who Christ is. Maybe you don't know who God is. Maybe you're like, you know, wow, this guy seems great. You know, it's fairy tale. Wow, good for you guys. You know, Easter Bunny. Maybe that's you. Fine. But listen, there is a God, and he came down to earth, and he died so that you didn't have to feel like the way you are right now. Okay? You're feeling trapped. You're feeling devoured. You're feeling like life doesn't have a point. You're feeling like everybody's against you. And God died. It says in Romans that God set the creation to futility, which is the same word for vanity, interesting enough. God set the word to vanity, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it and hoped that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to corruption. The way you feel, the way you do right now, Maybe you feel you know, depressed and angry and discouraged or whatever. The reason you feel like that is because God set, made you feel like that so you would realize that there's something else out there. So that you would realize you're not meant to you know, finish this way. There's another, no, I'm not gonna do another poem analogy, that's enough. <laughs> but maybe that's you tonight. And I just want you to know that no matter what you feel, no matter what people tell you, and no matter what, there is a God who loves you and wants to have a relationship with you and so badly that he died for it, okay? And if you want to have the intellectual conversations with me later, we can. I mean, I don't think people tonight want to talk about functional ontology and material ontology, but we can bring it back. I can talk and we can go through Genesis and we can go through, you know, your, well, the earth is, you know, this billion years old, whatever. Let's do it. I'll talk with you. But most of the time, it's a relational issue, and I want you to know tonight that God loves you because every single one of these illustrations that I've told you tonight, I forgot one thing, that God loves me and that God's on my side. So I have two application points today. Um, the first one is that God is on your team. This one's really hard, so. A team is like things where people play together, like baseball, like and God's actually on that with you. But the game you're playing is called life, and God's like your coach slash captain slash umpire slash helper slash everything. God's there on your time, and he's on your team, and he's there. Some of you have, have yet to wrestle through this, what it means. Think about your worst situation. Maybe this week, okay? Think about the worst thing that happened. I had a boss come up to me this week, and he, you know, was yelling at me for things that I, what did he say? I don't know if I should say this or not. But he was, he was like, you know, Christian, you really shouldn't come into work. You know, I was leaving to go to a Euchre game, and I told my boss that day that I was leaving to go to a Euchre game. He's like, you really shouldn't be doing that and telling your boss you're going to be going to a Euchre game. And, you know, I was just frustrated, you know. And it wasn't a bad situation. I just felt like, because I think he was partially right, probably all right. And I just felt guilty, you know. But think about the worst situation that you've had this week. God's on your team. And God cares about you, and God loves you, and he, and I don't understand, you know, if you would have talked to me at Wayne Dalton and been like, yeah, God's so good, isn't he? And I'm like, yeah, okay, idiot. No, you know, it sucks, and I'm not going to be the first or the last person to come up to you and be like, oh, well, don't you know that all things work together for the good? You know, stuff sucks in life, but just like uh, Nathan said, God is going to work it through for victory. God is going to work it through for your good and for his glory. And if you don't have anything else to rest on tonight, rest on that. I have something shocking, I think, to say. God is bigger than you are. 
If you believe in God tonight, I think he is bigger than we are. True or false? Okay, okay, wow, that was good. Okay, and God probably knows more than we do, right? Okay, okay, I think so too. And so if that's the case, then maybe he knows what he's doing. Okay, okay, maybe he knows what he's doing. And God is moving through your life and through a situation, whatever it is, knowing what he's doing. Maybe you need to sit and just realize whatever it is, God is on my team. God is on my side. Martin Luther said this, and I like it. Not well do I know my way, but well do I know my guide. I don't know where I'm going, but I know who's leading me there, okay? You don't have to see the finish line. I don't even know what life is like three months from now for me, right? But who's leading me there? God. Amen. God's leading me there, and he knows where I'm going. And so if he's bigger than I am and if he's more powerful than I am, then maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe you need to realize tonight that God's on your team. The second point that we should realize is that God has your best interest in mind. And I think for me, a lot of the time, I realize that God's on my team, but I feel like he's on my team for himself sometimes. I feel like God's just going to do what he wants with me, and he's just going to kick me around, and I'll, you know, just, I'll do what he wants me to do, and then that'll be it. But I'm going to say tonight, God has your best interest in mind, okay? God loves you and has your best interest in mind. You know, I could have, this is going to be hard, but sometimes it's easy to say, you know, God must not care about me because X is happening, because this is happening. And try maybe to reframe that, that God cares about me so much maybe that this is happening, or God loves me enough to let this happen in my life, something big like this. You know, I could have looked at every one of my situations in my life, and I'm not saying, you know, look how good I am, but I'm just trying to say, like, maybe this is helping. Like, I could have looked at Wayne Dalton and been like, wow, this sucks, I don't have any purpose. Or I could have looked at it like, wow, maybe God's doing something here. I could have looked at myself at Kent and been like, wow, I'm trapped, don't have anything to do. Or maybe I could have said, maybe God's doing something here. Maybe I could have looked and been like, all my friends are gone and I feel invisible. Or maybe I could have said, maybe God's doing something here. Right? Maybe all you need to realize is that God has your best interest in mind and God is doing something for you through that. I hope that that helped tonight. It, well, this was ruined me all week. God loves you, he's on your team, and he has your best interest in mind. So I'm gonna pray for us. God, we do not deserve the type of God that you are. We do not deserve the love. We do not deserve the grace. We do not deserve the forgiveness or the compassion. And yet, you're on our team and you love us and we don't deserve that, God. I just pray that if there's anyone here tonight who's struggling with any of that stuff, that they would tell a friend, tell me, tell anybody, and that they would just say, listen, I'm struggling. And God, you're with us in the struggle. It's not bad to struggle. You love us through that and we're so thankful for your grace and every time that we doubt your goodness and your character. But we just pray tonight, God, that every single person in this room would recognize that you're on our team no matter how we're trying to cope with our situations, no matter how we feel, you love us and you're on our team. And I pray that, God, that we would be able to tell others about that and glorify you through the things that we struggle with in our lives. In your son's name, amen. Uh, Mike would say you're now dismissed, so high school, you're now dismissed. High school. High school. <laughs>